But let me tell you this. <clears throat> the one thing I noticed with some of your podcasts, just to start off with, like listening to the one on this, you're too far away from the microphone. Well, yeah. Uh, so the one I just did with Austin. Because he's smoking I, weed. He's no, no. I stopped smoking <laughs> weed. I have a baby now. So I don't do that. Then you're so responsible. I'm also trying to become a... Uh, a dispatcher or something like that. Mm. I'm trying to get a real job. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I'm trying to clean it up a little bit. A real job? Yeah, you know. I thought you did. I thought you had job. a pretty good job, though, with the building speakers and shit for the high dollar. That ain't no real job. It's not? You can pay anyone to do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not like, you know, ag department. So, I'm here with Mark Rubio. Uh, national champion, right? How many times national champion, Mark? Just, just the one. One field national. That was the Reading, Reading Field National, uh, Reading 3D Nationals. So you're a Reading champion, and you also won. An amateur, amateur. Oh yeah, field nationals. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so field nationals. Two-time national champion. Yes. And multi- state, state. Multi-time state champion. State, not national champion. I was never field national champion. I have a national field record. Oh, okay. I don't have. I was not national field champion. And you have a couple state records too, right? I do have a. I have. Uh, which one is it? I believe it's the field round also, the state field round. Red, Randy Raglan holds several of the amateur um, field and hunter rounds, and I think the aggregate also. I think I, I only have the, I think I have the field. I, I can't I have to go back and look. I can't remember. I have aggregate now. You have aggregate now. There you go. See, there you go. <laughs> I mean, who's counting? Yeah, who's counting? So, uh, how long have you been shooting, Mark? Let's see. I started uh, back in, like, the year 2000, um, just plinking around with a buddy of mine. Got a bow and uh, ended up meeting Bill Hornoff Jr. And that guy used to shoot. Uh, he was a, just a, I don't think he shot professionally, but he was an amateur. Used to shoot for Jennings. Uh-huh. Uh, one of my first bows was a Jennings Carbon Extreme with a giant golf or baseball for a grip. But um, started shooting that and just fell in love with it. And I started going to all the shoots and seeing all the guys like Buck Heron and uh, and Doug Rosin and these guys throwing up big fat bow hunter freestyle numbers, and I was like, man, I gotta compete with these guys. This, this is, is cool. Back in the day when everyone shot 920, like 916 plus scores with bow hunter. With right? bow hunter, yeah, they're shooting like 911s, 912s, 914s was a big score then, and then, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I was just like, how do I get up there? I mean, I'm in like 880s, how do I get up there? Uh-huh. And uh, started just talking to them, meeting them, and ended up hanging out with a lot of them, and, uh, but picked up the freestyle stuff, and I think I started shooting actually competitively. It was in about 2006, uh-huh. and um, from there, it's just been a lot of fun, just bouncing around, having a good old time. When did you start dominating? I don't know that I've ever dominated, I but yeah, you guys say that, but I don't think I've ever dominated. I've just well, had I've had some really good runs, I guess you could say. You no, know, as far as the the wilderness uh, expendables go, you're definitely like the Stallone of your team. Here, <laughs> yeah. You know? So. Uh, no, I said I, I'm, I'm happy to say that I'm, I'm, I'm around of a lot of great archers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's some great archers here in Northern California that, that I get to shoot with on a regular basis, and and that's what'll make you good. Yeah, when you good when you shoot with the good guys and you can and they'll talk to you. And most of the guys they all talk. They all want to help you out and make you shoot better. So it's a lot of fun uh, just to hang out with them, and you learn so much. That's one of the the crazy things was when I met you and then I met Randy. And then, you know, when I was doing the broadcast, I was like, oh, these, there's real pros. These guys are, like, right in your backyard. You can ask them questions, and they'll, they'll tell you stuff. You know, you guys were the guys I was talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're all, all the guys that I've, I've gone, 
got to meet and, and shoot with over the years have been great. It's it's a lot of fun. And if if you don't enjoy it and you can't hang out with good people and have a good time, I don't think you're going to stick to this sport. No. If you let it get to you too much where you think it's just too much work, it's not going to be any fun. And then you'll start gardening or something. That's right. You'll start gardening. <laughs> There's somebody that gardens that we know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, Mark, what's your proudest moment in archery? Uh... Well, definitely, uh, Redding as an amateur was great, but um, I guess shooting a national record at uh, uh, Field Nationals up in Darrington, yeah, that, that, was, was a, that was a stout day. That was an awesome day. I think it should be known that the Darrington Field Nationals is arguably harder than the Field Nationals. Like, I, I shot Field Nationals in uh, the, the other... You were in Pennsylvania, weren't Pennsylvania, you? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Location Mechanicsburg. It's very flat there. Yeah. You know, we maybe had a one-yard cut, like, once or twice. And I think uh, Darrington is like. Did you guys have like some extreme? extreme there's some. Hills? There's some. There's some good cuts and stuff. And actually, we were. I'm trying to think of it. Was uh, I believe it was Bobcat was the name of the range I was on that day shooting the fields, which is one of the one of the the harder ranges. There, they have five ranges up at Darrington, and uh, beautiful course up there. Um, what did you uh, shoot to win it? Five fifty-eight. Ooh. Yeah. Two down. Two down. Yeah. It was a great day. It was a great day. Good gravy. Yeah. It was a great day. Was it on the hunter face? Or? I was on the field face. Field oh, face. Man. Yeah. I did good on the hunter face when I when I shot. Hunter face is easier face, like arguably. Well, you it's know? you know they they both have their hard targets. Um, you know, because on the, of course on the field face you've got two 80 yarders that you got to shoot mm -hmm. when you're shooting a full round. Uh, and then uh, you've got the 30-yarder, which is always a tough one on the field face. Right. And the 50-yarder is always a tough one on the field face because right. you're right at the edge of the, 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 the size. It's the smallest dot for the, yep. the distance. Right. Whereas, like, on the hunter, you've got the 53-yarder, mm -hmm. but you only have to shoot that twice. But then you've got the 32-yard fan. That's a tough one on the on the hunter hey, face. Hey, remember all this stuff. I've been shooting for a while, man. <laughs> yeah, Field's fun. I love field. I do. I love field. Ember seems to do the same thing where when we were shooting, like, a club shoot, They'd be like, all right, three more of those and we're done. Yep. Or, you know, three more of these and we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yep. <laughs> all right, so next question is, what is your bow tuning process like? <laughs> bow tuning. Everybody always thinks there's some kind of special skill involved with bow tuning. Uh -huh. um, I've been shooting the Matthews bows lately, and I'll tell you what, those things are so bulletproof um, to set up, for me at least. I mean, I measure, find the center of the string, mm -hmm. uh, and I set my arrow. That's where my knock point goes. I mean, it, that's where the center of my arrow goes. Uh -huh. And then I, my knock point goes above and below and put a D-loop on. Shoot it after I put a new string on, of course, to make sure everything's in spec. And then uh, shoot a few shots. Slap so my... Shoot through paper and then... Shoot through, I, shoot, I just shoot a few shots to make sure everything's all settled in. And then I'll put my peep in and then shoot through paper and see what kind of tear I got. If I have any kind of a tear, then I'll move. I'll, I'll use the top hats, uh -huh. move the cams over wherever I need to go, and then... Right, just the basic. Just a basic tune. Paper tune, get it through. Paper. And then go outside and just shoot, just shoot. And yeah, that's, uh, been your, that's, that's been it. You got to shoot. Been telling me a lot this year. Just you just got to shoot. shoot. You just have to get out and shoot and get to know that bow and and uh, and learn it and feel it and and you know bouncing around from different bows and different feels. It's really yeah, different releases. It's, too. Different releases going to mess you up. You just you need to just focus on one thing and just go. Consistency. Yep. Just go with it. Yeah. I. I uh, you know, I did a couple episodes where I was like, oh, here's like some extreme tuning things, extreme arrow building things. And then I was kind of saying like, well, okay, now I got to go back on what I said. Really, the name of the game is breaking the breaking your shot in the middle. Yep, yep. You can't, you can't win anything unless you can break that shot in the middle. Nope. And the thing is, is like with practice, if anybody, you know, 
at least the people that I talk to when they come out and practice, they're always like, well, how do you do it? How do you, how do you get, what do I need to work on this? I need to, you know, my holds like this or my release is sloppy, you know, and like I always tell everybody, if you're going to go out and practice and you're actually working on stuff, focus on one thing that day. If you're going to work on your release, then you work on how your bow releases that day. Don't worry about where it's going to hit. Don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. If you're going to work on your aim, work on your aim that day. Because everything else, you can't work on six different things at one time and expect it all to get better at the same time. You got to work on one thing at a time. Take triage. it one at a time. Yeah. Triage. Put all your uh, resources into figuring the one thing out. And figure out that one thing, and then you're like, okay, I got this down. Now let's work on the next thing. Just just work your way through it. The, um, do you reserve your center serving? I have, but since I since I changed over to the uh, gas bowstrings, I haven't, I haven't had to. And I buy I buy those by the way. I'm not sponsored by them. Just so <laughs> you know, I buy my strings, um, and uh, you just you just let them know what what knock you're shooting, uh -huh. and uh, th that way they know what to serve the center serving for, so it fits oh, cool. uh, have the good knock fit, and you're good good to go. I was unaware. Yep. That you could do that. The, um, let's see. Okay, now I'm going to get into. I don't know if you if you ever listen to the podcast. You know, sometimes I start talking like real. My the way I try to describe stuff is super weird, but. Um, <laughs> Do you run your draw length long or short? Uh, I run it, it's not short. I don't know, it's pretty, right now it feels pretty damn good, ideal-wise. You get your draw length right where you want it, and then you'll, you'll either bring it a little bit in, so you're breaking shots harder, or you bring it out a little bit, and you... So, so the only relax. thing, the only thing I change is I make sure that, especially for outdoors, is when I'm shooting, shooting these uh, safari courses and stuff, when you got your uphill and your downhill. It's real crucial to have your draw length right for your uphill shots. Otherwise, them damn things never break right. Uh -huh. So if I'm out shooting like at practice and I'll go to shoot Nevada City or go shoot someplace that's got a little bit of, I can shoot some uphill shots, and I find that I can't get that thing to, to go off, I might shorten it up just a touch. Just a little bit. So you can break stronger uphill. So I can break a little bit stronger uphill, which will give me a little shorter on the downhill slope, but that's okay. Uh -huh. Now, when it goes comes to the indoor stuff, I actually let it go. I'll, I'll run it a little bit longer. Uh -huh. uh, and... I don't know if that if that this helps with my hold because I'm standing in one spot at 20 yards. It doesn't matter, so that's the only time I'll actually lengthen it. Do you keep your weights the same? Like your weights are pretty weight? much the same. Yeah. What do you run? You run like six and yeah. I think 14? I got. I think I got. Yeah, I think that's what I got. Seven, I think, and 14 right now. Something like that. Somewhere around in there. And that's kind of where I always run. Somewhere around in there. Uh -huh. I might have 18 on the back, but then I might and I might run five in the front at one point or six but and bounce around. It's somewhere right in that general. I might have to area. give that a, give that a, a shot. So, okay, so you run your little short. Are you going to shoot Oregon? No, I'm not going to be able to make it up to Oregon this year. Okay. So Oregon's one of those courses. Oh, no, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a great course. I love it up there, but I, I, there's no way I can get up there this year. So, Mike, do you run your release hot or cold? I don't know. You tried it earlier, and you said it felt a little hot. I think I it's I think it's kind of slow, but uh -huh. that's for me. Well, you get two. You get two of those releases. You set them the same? I try to set them the same, yeah. So you, you think they're somewhat cold? I mean, they're not super cold, but I feel like I gotta, I gotta get into it a little bit to get it to go off. <laughs> right. So, okay, your draw length right now is it set a little short because we're kind of like right in the middle of the safari season. It's like, like you did field and everything. I think it's set up right where it should be. Mm -hmm. I don't so know if it's it, short. Well, I mean, like by short, I mean like you know. So you. I'm get, extended. I'm in. in I'm into. I'm into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm extended. I'm not. Cr I'm. My elbow's back. I'm. I'm fully extended. When I'm pulling through, I'm. I'm extended out. I'm not. Right. I'm not short. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. I'm not sure. I see what you're saying. Um, let's see. So, I say how you're running your weights. Okay, how do you build and tune your arrows? 
cut them and glue them and go out and shoot them. Uh, I've, I've been running the same, the, the tours now for, I don't know, a lot of years now mm-hmm. through Gold Tip. And, uh, you know, talking with Tim and uh, getting things set up. I guess I run a little bit on the, I don't know if I'm on the stiffer side. I'm running 400 uh, spines. Fine. And I'm, my weight's like 62 pounds. My draw length's only 27 and a half-ish. So, um, right. It's, it's I'm right in the middle. I'm right, right there. But if anything, I'd be on the stiffer side. Mm-hmm. I cut them. They're the carbon to carbon's about 27 on those arrows. So I'm actually sticking out and right out in front of the riser. Do you do any no tuning at all? No. 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 I, I, I was looking at watching a no tuning video, and where they had like you know located the node or whatever, put it right over yeah. the arrow. I was like, that looks like Mark's arrow right there. No, that's not what I did. If, if I did it, it was by accident. That's for darn sure. I didn't do it on purpose. Um, I do go out and I will uh, group tune my arrows, uh-huh. um, you know, go out to distance it, whatever I feel I can make the best group, uh-huh. which depends on the day, really. Uh, Would it just be like, knock indexing? Like turning yeah, just knock indexing, turning them and seeing if it works. And sometimes if it doesn't work, just pull that knock off, flip it over, because you can actually get, you know, a lot of different turns. You think it's only three, but that depends on where your knock orientation is, because if you look on your knock, it has a line on one side and a dot on the other, uh-huh. right? Depending on which ones you got. Some biters are different than others, but you can... That way, it'll turn 360 degrees, right? right? But in three different spots. If you pull right. the knockoff, rotate it 180 degrees, and stick it back three. on, you get another three. Oh, I didn't even think about that. So you know, you can fart around with that if you if you really want to get technical. Otherwise, you just take that knockoff, throw it away, and get a new one. Do you think you're finding the uh, the what they call it, the seam on the arrow, or do you think you're finding like just the pin tolerance? I think it. Out? I think it's just something to do with it and makes my head feel better. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I mean, it works. I, I mean, it, it is, to a certain extent, it actually works because it seems like it brings it into the group. But I don't know if it's like I feel like, oh, I turned that knock, so now it should work right. And then all of a sudden, I can put it in the middle. Uh-huh. Is that what happens? I don't know because I can miss them just as well. You're like, who the next, shit? yeah, Come I just go in the middle. Just trying to get it to go in the middle, but you still got to break that good shot. You mm-hmm. still got to break a good shot. So I was going to ask what your next question is. What's your practice routine like? But you pretty much said it's focus on one thing at a time. I try to focus on one thing at a time. So if I'm struggling with something, like right now I'm really uh, working on aiming is what I'm working on, holding in the middle. Um, I don't know if uh, there's probably a lot of your guys that listen to this uh, have heard uh, or are familiar with Paige Pierce uh-huh. and, you know, the struggle she had with aiming low. I had similar. I have a similar problem where I always hold low. It just seems to sit there, like at six o'clock, just on the edge of the dot or just below the dot, depending on what I'm shooting at. And the problem with that is, is I can't. I always had trouble with my sight marks. I could never get really good, consistent sight marks because I'd sight in at the range, trying my best to hold in the middle, right. and then I go to a shoot and I'm a yard and a half low, and I'm always having to add stuff because I'm aiming low. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm really working on now is trying to get myself to hold it in the middle and not worry about it and be comfortable sitting in the middle and get it to break clean. Doesn't always happen, but it works sometimes. So it's it's a process. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that was one of the things like when I first started shooting that I realized is that I like, would either peak or I would feel uncomfortable with like covering the target with something, you know? Yep. Um, let's see. Peaking, peaking happens a lot. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get away from. <laughs> What's the best advice you'd give intermediate shooters to improve well like we talked about before work on one thing at a time mm-hmm. um, but also get out and shoot get out with with other archers we're <laughs> we we actually enjoy working with new people yeah, you guys do it's it's fun it's uh you know people come out now mind you if you overload us with questions we're going to just push you off the side and be like yeah i don't want to listen to you anymore um but if you're coming out and you truly want to learn 
And if you just kind of come hang out with us, we're happy to have you come on, shoot on the target with us and, you know, ask us a question here and there. Or if, or if you want us to critique what we might see wrong with you, ask. Because I'm not going to do it just out of the blue. Right. Especially right, during the middle of a shoot. I'm not, I'm just. You got your own thing you're doing. Yeah, I'm doing my thing. But if, if you actually have a question and you're like, hey, you know, how's my form look? And there's a, there's, there's a joke about that. Uh, ben Hobbs, great shooter. Uh, him and I go back and forth quite a bit. Uh. I, I like him and hate him at the same time, what? Ben. Oh yeah. Well, Ben knows it's 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 fun. Ben and I have this love hate relationship. Uh -huh. So uh, anyhow, um, I remember shooting with Ben once, and there was a guy in archery that came up and uh, asked Ben to give him a critique to critique his form. And so Ben watched him, told him after he was done, he's like, "Well, you know, I think your draw length's a little little too long or short. I can't remember exactly what it was." And after Ben told him what he thought, the guy looked at him and said, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I know what I'm doing. You're going to listen to, uh, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And, uh, yeah, that, that guy doesn't shoot much anymore. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him around in a while. That's funny. That's, so Ben Hobbs was your, is he like your Emerson at the time? Did you have an Emerson type character? Well, I, I had, well, like I said, the guy that actually got me started in the archery and shooting well would, would go back to Bill Hornoff Jr., uh -huh. which a lot of the people, there's probably a few people out there that might know him now, but, um, I mean, he's, what is he now, 70, he's in his mid-70s, I think, but uh, he was uh, he was the guy that got me started. He was the guy that kind of got me going and learning how to shoot a little bit. At that time, I was still shooting the index release, uh -huh. um, but I think the guy that got me going on the back tension and stuff like that was reaching out and working with Tommy Daly on the on uh, my hinge release stuff and uh, and just shooting with all those guys I mean shooting with those guys is a shooting ball is pretty, pretty um, if like I said all you people that are out there listening if you're uh, looking to shoot with somebody you just go out there and start talking to them get close to them on the range and next thing you know we'll ask you to come shoot with us and it's fun yeah I, I feel fortunate because every so often I get to come up and you know, mix it up with you. Oh yeah. You know, you get to mix it up with Randy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been shooting with Randy now for, I don't know how long, him and I teamed up at Reading several times over the years. We actually got in shoot offs up there for, you know, like tied for third teams oh, yeah. at Reading and stuff like that. And, oh yeah, I got video footage. And uh, it's, you know, him and I, we're good friends and Randy is a phenomenal shooter and a wealth of knowledge. Um, I hear he's going to be on your podcast sometime soon. So I'm hoping um, to get him on tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, like I say, he's uh, he's there. That guy is another one, and he does does some training on the side with people. But uh, I've learned a lot from him, and I think he's learned some from me. I probably learned a lot more from him. Uh, but yeah, it's just like I said, you gotta hang out with that group of people. They're a lot of fun. So okay, here we are with. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of like I'm a beelining here. That was all most of my questions. We're at the. Uh, is this a 1440? This is a 1440. Yeah, full feeder. Full feeder. You just shot a killer 90 meter round. It was, it was a, a nine average is basically what it was. A nine average. It was yes. pretty good. Yeah. It was okay. I was. <laughs> I, I should have done better. You're not happy with it. Well, no, I should have done better. You always want to do better. Oh yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. I thought I was going to do much better than what I did. But, yeah. You know, you got to, got to manage. You know, I mean, we're not all Tate Morgan where we can shoot 924s or Wendell Souza who can <laughs> shoot a 924. I don't. That's an old Wendell Souza. Yeah. No, it don't matter, dude. You done. You did it. So. Oh, well, I appreciate you got to wear it now. <laughs> well, so uh, you're about 20 points ahead of me, I think. Something I was, like that. I was talking a big game. I thought it was going to be a battle. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a point, you know. We still we still got it. three more distances I, to go. I'm trying to find Darren to, to get some stabilizer weights. 
How did you prepare for this? Uh, I uh, I shot two days last week. Okay. I didn't have a lot of time. I, this is my busy time of year to uh -huh. work, so. Uh, but I, I had to go out and I, of course, got this target and took it out to the range and sat at 90 meters and figured out what dot I was going to run. Mm -hmm. I tried to run a bigger dot to see if that was going to help. It didn't work out for me. It helps for some people. Uh -huh. So I had to go back to my little um, DSA, the, the, the dual um, lens, the dual, what do they uh -huh. call it? DSA, right? Uh, it's got the fiber in the middle and the etching on the outside. Uh -huh. The ring etched um, on it? Yep. So shooting that it's like that a 5x that's what i run for safari as well so uh, i'm just sticking with that because it seems to hold the best and aim the best for me right now um you shoot a six power lens Mark? no it's five power. it's five, five. five it's power. a five it's a 0.62 diopter okay i tried the six i have a i have a 0.75 but i always came to i always seem to go back to the six two mm -hmm. so that's kind of where i'm sitting gotcha. gotcha but uh that's i mean i didn't do a whole lot i've been shooting i was shooting quite a bit for you know the safari stuff uh -huh. so i've got my my base built up it's just my right you know it's going to be the endurance of this shoot but so later in the day when i get tired your base you built up doing like just as an example like what three days a week you got so at range? least at least three days a week at least yeah. three days when, I, when i've got the time like early in the season when i'm not super busy like i am now with work uh -huh. i can get out the range three to four days a week uh -huh. do you shoot like a half field round i usually do i usually shoot like a 14 target field round or a hunter round and uh, you know, there's some practice. You know, pra of course, shooting some practice to warm up, and then going out and shoot like a uh -huh. 14 field or 1400 round. Do you score every time? You I score every time. Right. You got to score. You got to score. I agree. I agree. Because if you, you don't score, then if you don't score, then what are you learning? Yeah, you don't know what you're doing. No. Are you making progress or not? Doesn't yep. you just out there flinging arrows? Yeah. Actually, so you oh. got to make it mean. You got to make it mean something, and you got to remember to let down too. That's. That's what a lot of people get. Go to practice, and they'll shoot a lot of those shots that they shouldn't have shot. Crap shots. Yeah. And if you know you're going to shoot a crap shot, let it down, like you would at a tournament, right? Right. But honestly, the best place to practice is a tournament. Yeah. I, admittedly, that's what I, I'm super happy to be out here shooting, so I can at least get some get some reps in. You know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to try to get you on the 70. Well, you, and you might very well get me on the 70. Just, I'm not going to give it to you though. It's that's for be sure. A heavy uphill. It's, <laughs> it's a lot of uphill for here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but well, cool, Mark. Thanks a lot for uh, letting me interview you. This is a, kind of a short one. I only got 22 minutes so far. Okay. Well, But uh, if we think of something else, we can extend it. Yeah, totally. I got a question for you. Uh-oh. So you said you shoot, if you can, you know, when you're not busy with work, three, four days a week. Do you think it's less productive shooting six, seven days a week? Or is... Well, if you okay, so I don't know if anybody could hear because he he's not mic'd up. But it's the guy that's sitting with us. He's shooting with us. His name's John. And uh, he's asking if, if shooting more than, shooting like six or seven days a week, if that's more counterproductive. And in my opinion, if, you're, if your body can take it and you're comfortable and you're making good shots all the time, why not? Yeah, I would agree. But if, if you're getting on that fourth day and you're exhausted and tired and you're just making bad shots, all you're doing is just enforcing the bad shots that you're making. It becomes a bad habit. becomes this becomes a thing that you're doing all the time. You definitely don't want to do that. At the height of my shooting, I was shooting every, every just about every day. Maybe taking one day off, just let my shoulders go. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. But there are, like you said, there's days where I think and I'm like, you know, maybe I shouldn't be out here. Put put it this way: when I go out, if I'm having a bad day, like I go out to practice and maybe it's a tough day at work or something else is going on, so my mind's not all the way there. But I go out and shoot, and I'm just trying to get some reps in. But if I'm trying to score and it's really bad. I mean, I, I hate to say it, I'm not a quitter, but if I'm having a bad day where I'm just going to enforce bad habits, mm -hmm. just pack wrap it up. it up and pack it up and go home. Because it's practice. 
Right. I'm not going to do it. I'd, I'd never quit a tournament, never have quit a tournament, no matter how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Even when I got a pinched nerve in my neck, I still shot through it. It didn't matter. Damn. But, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't want to enforce the bad habits. Right. some good info here I, like what's really cool is you you represent like uh well i mean uh, not to put any labels on you but in my mind right <laughs> when i have all these these people in my mind there's like the tankers and then there's the shooters all right i always kind of pictured you on you and i always keep bringing up emerson i don't even know if emerson listens to this podcast anymore but <laughs> there's like this group of guys that I consider like shooters, right? And they're over on one side, and then there's the tinkers. Those are the guys that are always gonna like, you know, I'm gonna put a half twist in here and resurf my thing and all that. And I always figure like really good shooters somewhere like, or you know, like pros, like like tape is somewhere in the middle of those two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or they're an extreme onto the side of shooters. You know what I mean? Like Emerson's shot phenomenal scores, you shot phenomenal scores. You guys don't go like hog wild in a tuning. No. You know? You guys are more about feeling the bow out. And... It's got to feel right, that's for sure. And, uh, I mean, Emerson was always more about the feel, I mean, shooting with him, because I got to shoot with him quite a bit. At, him and I were partners uh, at the Reading team shoot for, I don't know, four or five years. Him and I did it together, I think. Really? Yeah, I can't remember how many years. We, we did it for at least four years, I think, four or five years we did it. I didn't know you guys were teammates, like, that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after Randy, when Randy got into the senior class. Uh -huh. He was like, well, I'm not going to shoot against them young punks anymore. I'm going to go up in the senior class. So then I needed a new partner, and I, I snagged up Emerson, and uh, we had a ball. I mean, oh, we got into it. Cool. Him and I got into it. We got into a team shoot-off. I can't remember what place it was. Um, but that was fun. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but, you know, yeah. life, life changes, and you end up with kids and wife right. and everything else. So then, you know, priorities change, and you have to, you have to pick what you're going to do in life. So, right. you know, and right. Emerson's after, he's dealing with his kids and his wife and well, doing that kind of to stuff. To this so. day, he still says very nice things about you. Well, I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. But you're one of the few people he really respects. Well, hopefully we can get him back out shooting again this fall or something oh, like that. Oh, that's the game plan. That, that's that's game what we plan. can hope to do. I'll try to dope him up somehow and get him out there. Because I always had, always had a good time when him and I would have to battle or something for indoor. It was always a good time. <laughs> yeah, dude. Totally. Who are you enjoying? Do you have anyone in particular that you're enjoying battling with? Uh... I just enjoy shooting, guy. Man, it's it's shooting. Yeah. It's just shooting with the guys and girls. That's I mean, one thing that I try telling my wife. Like, I... The thing that I like about archery is just shooting. Yeah, just shooting. It's, yeah. uh, you know, I have good days and bad days. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I had a really good day at Nevada City, mm -hmm. and I didn't have, I had a not so good day at Cougar Mountain. So ne Nevada City, you shoot a 920? 921. Nine, 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 oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. It was a good day. <laughs> it was a good day. Uh, no, it was just one of those days. It was just, it, it was flowing good and everything was happening right. So that's right. You sent me that, you sent me that, uh, that text of uh, yeah. throwing the rock at the water. That's uh, right. Water uh, that's tower. right. Yeah, because it was after that podcast you said you like to hear that sound yeah. of the rock hitting the water tower. Yep. <laughs> so no, that was a really good day. But then Cougar Mountain, you know, same kind of thing. I just didn't. It wasn't there that day. Uh huh. So you know, you have was good days and bad days. Was anything in particular Cougar Mountain that you were feeling tripped up on, or just was? I just the release wasn't going. It wasn't a smooth day. Uh -huh. it Just wasn't a smooth day. I don't know. I couldn't find it. Because you know, Austin. I you know I just talked to Austin last night, and he kind of had like a reverse where I think Nevada City he had a rough. A rough day, and then Cougar Mountain, who shot pretty decent. Yeah. But it was one of the same thing. It was kind of like when you're around it, when you're competing enough, you know it's just sometimes you're, you're feeling it, and everything is going good. And then you get guys that come up, oh, what, what happened, Mark? You didn't yeah. shoot you didn't no. 924 that one, man. Yeah. What happened? No. And it's just like, oh, you know, 
we're always trying for it. Yeah, it's it's not like I went out there and gave up the goat, but it, it just it wasn't there. So it, if it's not there, I can't make it happen. Yeah, Randy uh, Tucker said like we're always chasing perfection. Yes. So it's always something like that, but it's never not that. It's yeah. not, never like we're going out there just to. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. sure some people out there going to fuck around, but. Well, no, and and it, there is a lot of people, uh, you know, they'll go out there with their you go out there with their hunting bows or whatever, and they're just they look at us with our long stabilizers and sights and everything oh you guys you know how do you guys even miss i don't understand it you know we're out here to have a good time we're trying to hunt and everything else and i'm like yeah you know well i'm having a good time so oh, yeah. why are you judging me just i had a great time shooting with you and uh, uh the other expendable uh at uh, the break the barriers oh oh tommy yeah tommy yeah. daly yeah was it you and rudy and me and tommy yeah that was awesome yep you, so we learned a bunch from you guys and I wanted to do a podcast with Ruby that that day. I was like, man, what? what, what, what you I, stuff? I still, I still, I still can't believe you didn't listen to us on that little downhill short bunny shot. That was the big one. And we were telling you that, that was, you needed to listen to us, and you you didn't believe us, so you shot yard, it and you missed. It was a three yards. <laughs> was it three yards? Uh, it was a three yard, like twenty degree downhill shot. Yep. And you guys said it's reverse. Uh, shoot it for four. Shoot it for four. And I was like, no, I think my sight says shoot it, for, or my <laughs> rangefinder says shoot it for three. Yeah, and you shot it for three. And it went right out the top. That did. <laughs> <laughs> Who would think setting it for four would go lower? Yeah, right? well. So how do you guys know that stuff? Is just because you've been around the block or what? Done it a few times. Yeah, we've yeah. done it a few times. Um, there's some guys out there that that, that, that know it all. I mean, you, you look at guys like uh, Dave Cousins, for instance, who's done it all, mm -hmm. seen it all. Uh, Tim Gillingham, who sits there and tries everything and, and writes down everything that he's ever done in his life. I swear, that guy's probably got a – he should write a book, or he probably already has a book written with everything that he's ever done. I do respect that about yeah. Tim as he tries it all. Um, and uh, they just work it out. He had like two like 25-inch stabilizers in Redding, like V-bars in the back. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And he missed this. Me and Austin were right behind him, and he missed his shot. He turns around and threw his bow, and that bow just went blink and landed <laughs> on all three bars. <laughs> yep. That's but, Tim. That's Tim. But, yeah, I, he he's tried it all, and uh, I don't know. He's it, cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm a fan. But, uh, no, but I, like I said, I'm 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 not, uh, you know, shooting wise in terms of battling with anybody. Like I said, I just go to the shoots and I want to have, I try to have a good day, and you know, hopefully I can shoot a good score and I'm happy with it. Uh -huh. And if I even if I shoot a bad score, I'm not. It's not like I'm going to give it up and throw up my bow and be done right. with it. I'm just, uh, you know, it was a bad day. It was tough, you know, well, whatever it was. I've been talking about this event like uh, it's it was going to be a battle, but now I think I'm just going to try to have fun. <laughs> you got to have fun. I'm having fun. I think I was dancing oh, on the were, line. I was dancing on the line earlier. I think it was, you know. You're definitely having fun. They got good tunes in the background. I don't know how you can not have fun. You shot, uh, was it like four or five X's in the wind? Oh, that was that was a good that was a good end. Yes, it 90 was. Ninety meters. Yeah, that was a good end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and Darren were both like oh, looking through our, our binos, like. <gasps> yeah, that was that was a good end. But I mean, there's some kids coming up now. I mean, like you just said, they, you, did, you talked about Austin. Austin's a great shooter. Uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna excel just like you think. Yep. Um, He's got a great attitude too. It's like, uh, you know, he's got a great attitude to be pro. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, getting your pro card. You know, a lot of people always say, you know, well, you get your pro card, and you know, all you gotta do is pay your money, and you get a pro card. Um, I think it's to me. Um, I think I when I got my pro card, I think I've been a pro now five years. I think since uh -huh. so when I came up and decided to turn pro, and I didn't do it because I thought that. I could go beat Jesse Broadwater, or I could go beat Levi Morgan, or I could go do anything like that. 
I did it more because I thought, you know what, I've graduated from being an amateur. I've been around it long enough. I've gotten to know enough people and know, have enough knowledge of the sport itself that maybe I can help some other people out. And maybe having that pro label and being able to help somebody out, it might give them that push to try to be more than what they are. Um, and sure, it's nice to you know be able to shoot in the pro class, and, and if I do well, you know there's there's pro points and pro money and stuff like that. But it's that's not what it's about. It's it's about you know I'm not an amateur anymore. I've done it long enough that I'm not. Uh, I mean, pretty soon I'm, I got about a year and a half, and I'm going to be a senior, so I can get out of you young punks class so i don't have to be in that young punk class anymore but um you know i just uh i really like the sport and i really like the people so whatever i can do to to uh keep it going someone asked me once like what i thought a champion was and my definition of a champion is the guy that stays in it yeah you know why give it up i mean if you like it do it if you want to go play with a sack and throw it in a hole then go play with a sack and throw it in a hole Yes, Randy Raglan, if you're listening, that's directed towards you. Oh, fantastic, man. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Mark, for doing this interview. we got four minutes to get ready and start shooting Yeah, again. we got to go do some shooting. So, uh, you know, definition of a champion to me. Thank you, Wendell. Yeah, thank you, Ben. All right.